Hello everyone, this is John Wang, your most handsome face ever on this face of the planet. Over here, we are joined by Lydia. I act tough, but I baby talk with my fiancé on Facebook over cat video, Shah. Very true. Hi everyone. Uh, we have uh, Saifu. I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. Anwar, a recurring guest. <laughs> I am angry. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then we have, uh, finally, we have Angie, know you, make me a sandwich, new. So that's Make uh, me a sandwich, John. Hurry up. Um, no. And then today, <laughs> I'm going to have a conversation which I'm not looking forward to again. Okay, we're going to talk about brown face. Before we start, let me just do a quick recap of the whole situation. And it all, the, the brown face ad, precisely when it advertised, I couldn't find out. I think it was around the 25th of July. And then um, 26 is when it all blew up uh, all over social media. On the 28th of July, that's when Havas and Nets, the media company and the client came out together with a statement and with a half-ass apology about how it is sorry it unintentionally caused any hurt. I think it's on the 29th of July, that's when Pritip came out with a rap. On the 30th of July, that's when police were called in to investigate and on the 31st, the whole fucking video was taken down. On the 1st of August, Havas issued a second apology, uh, probably strong armed by the government knowing that their apology, their first apology sucks. On the 2nd of August, Pritip issued her first apology, which is a mirror of Havas' first apology. Everybody was clapping and cheering them on. However, knowing that uh, they probably knew that the government doesn't fucking play fair, so then they issued a second apology that was more of a... It's like a magical scroll. It's like a magical scroll that is used to ward off lawsuit demons. So that is roughly the long and short of it. Lah. So maybe because of my Chinese privilege, I should now yield the floor to our, you know, our guests of other races uh, before I get called out on my handsome face. So, who would like to start? No one's going to call you out on your handsome face, John. Everyone's going to call me out on my handsome face. Actually, I missed out this second Harvest ad. Can you explain? Uh, no, the, the apology. Right? The yeah. second Harvest. So, they, they did have another apology. A little bit more sincere, I guess. I didn't read the whole thing. But I know that... Because I got a feeling the government knew that their first apology fucking sucks. So, they knew that shit was going to go down. And sure enough, Pritip came out with the first apology that mirrored the first Havas apology. But th by then, uh, by then, the Havas already issued the second apology. Yeah, let me just jump in here and uh, add on to what you mentioned. Because uh, when Pretty Please issued her first apology, which is a mirror of the original apology by Nets and Havas, right? The MFA, no, MHA, sorry, the Ministry of Home Affairs actually issued a statement uh, that said that their apology was smock and insincere and spoofed the other apology. So I was kind of like surprised at how much notice that this whole uh, bullshit is getting up basically. You know, like everyone is paying attention. The ministry is paying attention. Uh, actually, just adding on to that, the, the spaces in between is also important to realize. So for example, like even though all this started mid-July or late July. Around uh, 25th of 25th, July. okay. This just struck me well, when you mentioned the date. It just happened to be the 10th death anniversary of Yasmin Ahmad, which is so ironic and sad because she's been 
making videos, you know, celebrating race. And then on her 10th anniversary, we are having this shit happening in Singapore. What's up with that? God bless her soul. There was also, together with that statement saying that they were mocking, I mean, their apology was a mock and insincere one. There was also effort to acknowledge, or at least within that press statement, saying that Pretty Please already released racist videos before that. Right? Uh, so some saw that as almost a smear campaign. They were trying to paint that Pretty Please wasn't a one-off. She has done kind of racist videos before that. Right? Uh, and I thought that was also kind of doesn't make sense because, again, she's been doing that. And now, because of this, they were they're digging up whatever she's done before and now painting it as she's being racist for the longest time. I'm not entirely aware of uh, the whole portfolio of Pretty Please, but... Yes. Are they actually racist or are they just calling out like, you know, uh, racism in Singapore in a way that could be deemed as racist? Like kind of like her, Chi- her, her, her Chinese people fuck it up video. What's the name of the actual? K-Mutusami. k Yeah, yeah. Okay, like the K-Mutusami video. Is it kind of like that or is it actually racist? Like, oh, Chinese people are like, bleh, you know, whatever. I mean, I think the earlier, the first video that everyone is trying to use as leverage to sort of prove that she's racist right was her Chinese New Year video and that's where she dressed up as a chong sam and she's got like the pigtails and she's like speaking in Mandarin and she's eating kueta and basically depicting what Chinese New Year is like and how like I want my ampao can I have more ampao what's wrong with that man okay so I think I read somewhere that someone described it as the difference between that what Pretty Please was doing with her Chinese New Year video was was assimilation Mm-hmm. Was she is showing she was showing daily practices of a community, and she is participating and assimilating as part of that community. So it's not she's not like saying like Chinese people are smelly or whatever it is. You know, she's like this is what they do in Chinese New Year. I'm also gonna dress up, and we're gonna hang out with Chinese people for their New Year, and that really was what it was about. But it's very easy to just like if you're the SJW. Right oh my type. god, that's a racist. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, you watch Chung Sam. Like, oh my god, uh, like racial appropriation. <laughs> John is filming. John is filming. <laughs> no, but okay, so, so like, uh, okay, I think maybe this is, it could be people who are like, you know, more sensitive bitching about stuff that might or might not be uh, racist mm-hmm. but like imagine if it was flipped around and like a Chinese person perhaps put on a tudong or put on a sari and then like did all this thing in the same video would it be appropriate or would it be racist mm-hmm. in the same tone that she was doing it I've not seen this video so I don't really know but if you were to like flip it the other way around would it be racist alright let me fucking race now <laughs> cause uh, this thing I don't rage it's getting on my fucking nerves all fucking weak uh. And then uh, it's it's really gone to the point where it's fucking ridiculous. So first of all, this brown face ad thing, uh, while I will go so far as to admit that it is racially insensitive, I don't think it's racist, okay? I don't think it was intended to be racist. However, Pritik's uh, rap video, right, is also not intended to be racist. It's clearly a fucking parody. It's clearly satire. Get your head out of your fucking asses. And acknowledge that it's satire. Now, here's the problem that I have. Okay, here's the big fucking problem that I have. For the people who think that brownface is racist, you therefore have to think that Pretty's rap video is racist as well. Because you are devoiding it of all context. You're devoiding brownface of all context. You have to devoid Pretty's rap video of all context. Just because Pretty is on your side, she's 
she's your she's your gal she's your she's your dude you know whatever okay doesn't make it right in your eyes be philosophically and be principally consistent okay um i i i, I don't agree with you okay, uh, okay. first and foremost this is very important for if you have if you choose to have amnesia and only think within the last maybe few weeks then yes of course there's no context there are examples before of such cases and people have called them out again and again so if you don't learn from that it shows that like you know you're not understanding that these things is not all right one second is that if you see pretty uh, i mean the pretty please or i mean sorry the kemutusami rap video as just a reaction to that one ad then you also limiting it because she's saying what they're trying to do is that they that it's almost like um hysterical act of you know like when you're you're being you're being you kept your voice in so much and then one point of time you kind of burst out in very creative so with a lot of creative flair i must add and if you appreciate that with the context of the many many years uh, then you would see that hey you know there's something here that we we missed up yeah but if you only compare like ad and rap video of course you know it But is what is it that you're contesting that it, that are you saying brown face is a racist ad no i think singaporeans time and again has said that brown face is not okay we have seen celebration during uh, dipavali uh, a, a senior director of uh, statboard dressing up as a sick man and people were not happy with it there were there were instances before there were brown face and people were not happy with it right so now it comes out again it's like hey, excuse me I thought we already made it clear we are not okay with this. Okay? Another thing is that people always bring forward this idea of blackface from the America like we are westernizing our local politic our local identity issues. It's not that. It's yes there are um phenomena happening elsewhere, but we need to understand that Singaporeans already declare through our reactions to previous instances that this is not okay and still our voices were not heard. Right? So if it's not heard got to find a way to get ourselves heard and pretty please and uh shubas managed to get our voice heard and maybe a bit too loud that they are, they are facing even louder voices but, but at least now voices are being heard and yes i am angry but i'm civil so i'm nice i think basically what i think saiful let me try try to sort of like condense what he's trying to say and try to explain to john but basically the ad itself i agree with you john the ad itself was not intended to be racist which i 100% agree in fact my mother yes. my minority mother was like i think this ad is very creative it's so genius which <laughs> i know i know and i'm just like uh you're like mom wait yeah. what <laughs> no, i hardly call it creative but anyway the ad was not intended to be racist in fact it was intended to be all inclusive however the act of brown face is what is not okay and is what singaporeans and the minority singaporeans are calling out and as i full said this has been done again and again and again and again with ample warning why why did the agency or nets or media corp or whoever whichever state board is involved in this somehow think this was smart and then usually if you want to do something like this in a satirical sort of way in a satirical comedic sort of context it can make sense mm. but I think the comedic element on a poster is kind of lost a bit so then it's not satire anymore it's just a man in different skin colors. Yeah. I don't know about you Saifu but I think most of us here have in some way shape or form worked within production houses before. Correct? I mean Lydia definitely has I know Angie has 
I'm I used to be a photographer, uh, photographer's assistant, so I have as well. Saifu, do you have any production uh, house experience? No, I mean I I I I do graphic design, but that's ah, yeah. something. Yeah. Okay, so I think it's roughly similar, uh, yeah. sort of production house. And all of us will realize that the process of it, right? The process of creating something like this is often very meandering. It's never a straight line. Yeah. It's never from point A to point B. It always goes to fucking. It, it takes the fucking scenic route and then some. And then after someone will decide to stop the fucking bus and take a shit off the side of the road and think that that shit is the most fucking pure go ever, and then take and then carry that shit onto the bus again and go all the way down to whatever point that their destination is. And I think this is what happened. Probably what happened within the ad agency that created this. So at some point, they decided that they would blow their entire fucking budget getting Dennis Chu, who is the actor, right? Who his stick, right? His whole fucking stick. His whole fucking claim to fame is that he he cross dresses and he dresses up as other people of other culture. Yeah, I think um, probably one of the things that is not discussed is actually the intent behind the video, uh, the the ad, because I feel like perhaps they were not necessarily doing brown face um, because of ignorance, but purposely because it's Dennis Chu. Because Dennis Chu, like, the, his whole career, right, he has been just dressing up as other people, making it funny and, you know, making it his comedic thing. And then I feel like maybe they're like, you know, he's already dressed up as a woman. It's not that much further to, like, dress up as a different race. And, uh, and totally, well. yeah, and, and totally ignoring the whole, like, you know, racial and cultural insensitivity behind it, you know? Like, I feel like that's probably what happened because it was Dennis Chu. Yeah, and I think mm. that's what happened as well. Like if, like I said, if you work in production, what I've just said to you, right, makes complete fucking sense. In a very disappointing and sad way, but it makes complete fucking You're sense. You're like, oh, of course that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. That aside, right, I understand that a lot of Singaporeans, they don't feel good about this ad. They feel like it's, it's culturally insensitive and so on and so forth. Which I don't particularly... I don't understand, but I don't need to understand. This is not like something that I have to explicitly get like detailed answers from people about why this is bad I will just simply accept that okay fine this is not something that I would do anyway I think it's a complete like in my mind I would have just hired four different guys I've had some conversations with my other Chinese friends and like I think there's a lot of confusion about why people or like why the minorities are pissed off and when I try to explain like uh, you know this and that uh, they're like you know but Michelle Chong also acts as Letitia. Yeah. She's like Lulu and everything. So why is that okay? And everybody finds it funny, but Dennis Chu cannot act as an Indian and man and a Malay woman. You know, that forget, sort of thing. Don't forget our most famous cross-cultural celebrity, which is Gurmit Singh, who plays a Chinese contractor. So it goes both ways, right? I mean, the, 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 hmm. the whole thing is that, well, if one of it is okay, then all of it should be okay. I think which is why I was saying that in the context of comedy, in a satirical sort of way, when you're taking certain elements and you're not changing your physical features, where you're just putting on a wig or putting on a fake mole and wearing funny boots and putting on a funny accent, the idea is that you're, you're, you're making a commentary about, about society, about behaviours, and which is the same like what Pretty Please did when she put on her chong sam. She's making satire of of what people are like on a daily basis. So if this ad was funnier or was done differently, if he was playing different races, don't say brown face, but if, let's say he was playing different like characters. If let's say he was 
he dressed up as a maid, he dressed up as a construction worker, he dressed up as an office man, he dressed up as a, you know, preppy young girl or whatever. That would have still been funny. Mm. But because they chose to do race and it's actually not a very funny ad, like, I actually don't see the humor in this ad. It literally is... So, a, yeah, it's not funny, is it? My question is, like, what if they did all of that? Imagine he is a construction worker, he's an office lady, and then everything else, plus the race thing, would it have been, like, sufficiently diverse to make it, like, comedic and satirical? Probably no. not. <laughs> no, it's just not funny. It's, at the end of the day, it's a bad concept, huh? We agree, lah. The concept is... It is like, a bad yeah. concept. It's, but I think what's interesting is, is that even for me, being brown... I have difficulty explaining why brown face is bad. And I've been talking to my other friends as well. And we're, we've, we're sort of trying to sort of like explain why it's bad. And I haven't, I personally haven't come up with, with something that I'm, with a response that I'm satisfied with. But what one of my friends was saying was that by painting someone's face brown to depict that he is a minority in an attempt to do something comedic with it, feels like you're basically reducing mm. reducing the status of of the race to only when it's convenient for you. Basically you only you you only will use use the, use them and depict them where it's convenient for you to tell your narrative and that's your point of view on how they are perceived. Can I just maybe extract something out from that and say that I guess the color of your skin is sometimes a point of discrimination. So, you know, for example, people feel the urge to be fairer than they actually are because it connotes a certain status or whatever. And for someone who is fair to put on a dark skin temporarily, they take on all the so-called disadvantages or discrimination people face, but only when it's convenient for them. Is that maybe what you're trying to get at? Something like that. Saifo, do you have any? Nah, I think... I think representation for minorities is always, always important in media. There, there are studies showing that in the media, ethnic minorities have always been shown to be, um, and I'm just reading off here, Malays tend to be portrayed as buffoons, Indians disagreeable, fearsome, Eurasian as... Drunk? I don't know. Yeah, Drunk. shallow. You know? <laughs> Thank you for that. I don't know. I assume. I don't know. I'm guessing. No, but... but um, Eurasian strong. But I think... The fact that my representation is already negative. So we come from a state space where, A, in the media, we are represented negatively. And now, you are reducing us. So it is, it's not only discrimination in terms of, I don't get to show myself. But to show me, you reduce me to maybe skin color, hair type, um, what I dress, what I, what, yeah. Which, which means that the minority identity is two-dimensional. Or it's just that, that, that whatever people want to see. So I can't show up. And if do if my if people from my community show up, it's negative. When will we ever see positive portrayal in that sense? Yeah. So that I think that is so it's it's multi layered. It is also the fact that in the everyday situation we don't have good ethnic uh, representation already. The fact that just within this one year, a non Chinese prime minister would be out of the question because somebody said that. Or at least studies said that the, the elderly uh, Chinese community are not ready. Right. Fuck so, that! Exactly. So all this is... I'm so ready, yo! <laughs> yeah. So the, Tao so, Ban for president. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Prime Minister. Yeah. We, we, we all had that dream back. for like... Yeah. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I love you. Come. So it is. So it is not... So again, you don't look at it at all as only the ad. If you only look at it like, okay, this ad is bad because of that, then you are <laughs> saying that, what, we don't have other issues looming around. We do. Right. I guess so, 
Like uh, one point, okay, this is like a one point of genuine confusion for me, because like I think uh, the whole point about brown face and people putting on face paint to represent minority race, it I guess skin color is a thing that you cannot escape from. When I first see you, like I see your face, I see your skin color, and that's something that represents you. Of mm. course, that's not the whole of you. Like for example, if M- Michelle Chong puts on like a wig and stuff. To represent Leticia, which, who is a Pinoy or Filipino maid, uh, and she speaks the accent. The act of putting on paint, like to maybe make herself slightly darker or something, is just an extension of that identity, right? Uh, I, there of course would be instances where people put it on in a way that you know to portray like negative things, and is it not untrue to a identity representation? As a, as a Chinese person, it is really like a point of confusion for me, like why people are angry when, let's say, to represent your race, I make the skin tone your skin tone. So I think it's, it's just a matter of how we are educated about ethnicity and race. Yeah. First, of course, CIMO is already very troublesome. I'm not going to go there. But usually in school, when we, we, we distill like how we learn about different races is what I would like to call the four Fs, you know? Fashion, food, festival, and face. Look Chinese, eat Chinese food, celebrate Chinese things, um, dress Chinese. And this is really how we celebrate race, which is quite superficial. And because of that, this same determinants of what a race or ethnicity should be is then used in other forms, media, representation, in, in like, you know, illustrations and all that. So if, if we reduce ourselves to just this, then clearly we are not appreciating uh, different ethnic groups or even the diversity of ethnicity within certain race groups. And yeah, so until we get, we get over these four Fs, right, and tell ourselves, hey, actually someone can look like John who is confusing me. If I look at him, I won't think he's Chinese first. But if he says Chinese, cool, John, I, will, I appreciate you're Chinese, man. Like, you know, I love you Chinese We'll brother. accept that, maybe yeah, we'll not ex- believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... but but and, and I do have friends who grew up looking different within from their community, but because maybe they have mixed her- parentage or mixed heritage um, backgrounds, but because they grew up in a certain community, they identify with those values. I've been to Philippines where someone looks like a samurai, like it's really kind of looks Japanese if his long hair and all that. And then when I try to speak to him, he has the most Filipino accent because he was like third second, third generation Japanese in Philippines. Mm-hmm. So, but if, does he identify himself Japanese? Say he's, yeah, essentially I'm Japanese, but I'm Filipino, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so can we accept people that to see beyond skin color as a determinant of one race and ethnicity? If we are, then I think we are one step closer to appreciating each other. If you think that you can be me just because you color your skin, I'm sorry, you're shallow. Yeah. yeah. But I think, okay, let me just push back a little bit on that one because... I feel like in media representation, it is something completely very different already. And especially depending on the type of media that you're talking about. You cited the study where you say that you know, certain races are portrayed in certain ways, but that's, that's just in the media in general. I mean, men are, portrayed, are, are often portrayed in very two-dimensional ways. Chinese are often very portrayed in very two-dimensional ways. The, the problem is with media, right, you have only so much time to convey the message that you need to... That you need to you need to convey. So they often rely on tropes. So they, they, tropes just simply gets you from point A to point Z 
in an instant. So if I show you this particular guy in this skin color, wearing this thing, eating this food, doing whatever, you get what is it that I'm trying to tell you instantly without me actually verbally reading it to you. Mm. And I think that's that's the media in general. Now with everything else, yeah, you cannot just simply you know do it on a very superficial level. I agree, but at some point, right, we also cannot just simply say, okay, this, all this cannot. You have to tell me what is it that you want. What what is it that is permissible now? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like you don't want food. You don't want the four F's. You don't want the food, face, fashion, whatever. Then what is it that is enough then? But at what point do you want me to get to know you until? To, to the level where I get past superficiality and really get into the cultural and the, the, the racial context of things. Basically asking for like what measure should we use if it's not the four Fs? Is I that mean, what you're if, saying? I mean, it's, good, it's all well and good to criticize. But then what is the solution here? So I think that's the whole point. The whole point is there would be some minefields that we should avoid. So brown face has been shown that it is something that we shouldn't be going towards. That if... if you, like if we have OB markers, that would be the OB marker. Um, and then then learn to appreciate the fact that these are sensitive things for certain communities, and and we appreciate that in Singapore. So right. like, just going based on that, right? There are people out there who actually don't care about it, yeah. and there are people out there like Lydia's mom who actually say that it's very creative. Yeah. So if we, if I were to just wholly listen to the people on the internet. And if I will just wholly listen to people on the street, I will get two very completely distinct answers. Saifu, you yourself, you are very, you are very uh, educated on the history of things, and you are you you are very well versed in you know like historical context and so on and so forth. But this is not the case for most people. Most people don't care. Like this is not something that is forefront on their minds. But the and thing I- is, like, just because people don't care, like, okay, let let's say the general population don't care because they're not educated about things, doesn't mean that we could just go ahead with these things, right? Not like, necessarily. The people who are in the media, I would expect to have like a certain amount of education and sensitivity regarding these things, right? But like, like I said, so what they ha- what like I said, in an ad that is just a one steel image, they have to convey so much with the with the signs and symbols that they have on this one image. If we were to do this with Kuma, right, <laughs> and then we white face him, if there's such a thing. To portray like a so Chinese person. I, think, I yeah. think yeah, yeah, yellow face him. I then think Ooh. most people, right? Most think, Chinese people will not give a shit. I think I I sincerely actually think can that. could they do a version of that ad? I would love to see that. Yes, can Kumar uh, calling 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 out for Kumar, Kumar paging Kumar. I love you by the way. <laughs> so if let's say if that was the if that was the case, Saifu, would you have a similar problem with that ad? See. I'm I'm looking at different dynamics. There's also the power dynamics, which people ah, don't really talk about, that's right? The, that's the that's yes. the stuff. So, Your favorite word. Yes. So okay, I mean power, privilege, all these kind of loaded words. But the idea that there was already underrepresentation, misrepresentation, and then now someone is taking over our um, kind of our. Uh, when I talk about our, I'm 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 speaking from a person who actually have a brown face and. You're not the brown face that they are targeting. <laughs> I know, I understand. I get it. Um, yeah, but I get a it. Brown so, yeah. A brown face. A brown face. With a space in between. Um, <laughs> and, and that idea that all these are there and on top of that, you're someone who is conveniently just kind of given a, a different skin color. I think that that is, that is not right. If it was the other way around where you have a lot of representation and like you know you have you have you have space to kind of present yourself and all that then then if someone tries to be chinese i think 
it would be it would meet with less backlash right i'm going to just share with you this because i do a lot of um, racial engagement work right so i asked a class and this is one of the elite schools in singapore how many times okay if out of 10 um, rate how many times you feel you mean you identify with your ethnic identity so some people from the minority ethnic groups would give a rate up to 8 and 9 because in class, someone would ask them, what is the Indian opinion on this? What are the Indian thoughts? See Tamil words somewhere and then we say, hey, what does this say? And the guy would be like, no, I'm North Indian. I don't read Tamil. And then say, oh, what difference? Ah? So ethnic identity of minorities tend to be obvious. Yeah, because why? They'll be like, you know, you have to be the minority. But for the rest of the students, and again, they stand in a spectrum, um, some of them as low as 2% or 2 out of 10. And I ask them why? And they said that, oh, only during Chinese New Year, I would feel ethnic Chinese the rest of the year I don't think about my Chinese identity why because when I'm when then I got to think about my Chinese tradition my Chinese culture and all whatnot or maybe when I want to eat food but then again all food is available to me therefore I don't think like what, what if how it means to be Chinese in that sense so if someone flip it the other way around and act like I uh, do a yellow face I think the backlash would be not as much but at the same time I think it would be if it's not done tastefully like the Nets ad would should be up for criticism also the issue is that this whole this whole idea about navigating this space it's always a negotiation. Many years ago, McDonald's didn't want to release a pig toy because you don't want to offend the Muslim customers, right? That idea of sensitivities, yeah. And then we would say, no, it's okay, it's a pig toy. You're not actually selling pork. And then like, so there is always that negotiation in terms of sensitive issues. So we are in the process of negotiation. The issue here is, are we okay if? There is creative flair in that conversation. And that creative flair mm. was then misconstrued as trying to instill hatred, which is which I believe, given their, their background, given the fact that it was actually quite well done as a parody of uh, Iggy Azalea's song and all that, it is not to incite hatred. I might unfortunately use it if my, my, my Chinese friend does something wrong and then like, you know, use it as an anthem. But that Chinese aside... people fucking it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we're going to get taken down. <laughs> MH, MH is going to come knock you It's out, okay. Though. I'm Chinese. I can say it. Chinese people fucking yeah. it up. Always fucking it up. Whatever, man. Let me offer you another... Hashtag penat lah. Another alternative view. So the... Okay. So all of this power and privilege thing, right? The representation and so on and so forth. The genesis of this line of argument comes from Peggy McIntosh, uh, Power and Privilege, the text on Power and Privilege. It's, it's basically the holy bible of every SJW out there. They will use this to, to justify certain things. Uh, basically, saying things like, for example, this is in, in America, okay, saying things like, uh, white people will, can, are always racist, but it's impossible for black people to be racist because they don't have institutional power. Hmm. Okay, so I think... Your line of argument works roughly in the same way. Of course, not precisely, but I think it sort of all stems from this one thing. And I think the problem with this with this line of thinking, right, this particular Peggy McIntosh power and privilege framework, is that when you look at the world through this particular viewpoint, when you are a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So what happens with this particular framework, right, is that what you're trying to do is to point out instances of, well, who has the power and who doesn't have power. And you're just trying to say that, okay, if you have the power, then it's okay to make fun of you. If you are powerless, then it's not okay to make fun of me. And I think that line of thinking, right, is very dangerous. I, I, don't, I don't agree with it at all. So the, the problem is, like, for example, you, you, keep, you keep 
bringing up um, representation and how people feel about their their race or their ethnicity and so on and so forth. Unfortunately, right, unless you're in an ethno state and you are part of the ethno state, there's no way that you can ever escape some sort of pointing out your otherness. I'm a Chinese fellow. I live in Chinese Singapore and people are still pointing out my otherness. Mm. So, as you say, that's not what you did, right? When you say that, I don't know, or you don't look Chinese, but you you um you identify as Chinese, so therefore okay, that's fine. So you are doing to me what precisely you were talking about just now, which I to me because I don't follow your framework, I think it's perfectly fine. I think this line of conversation does no harm to anyone whatsoever. These are just words. These are not actions that that provoke or incite or whatever. Here, here's the here's the government's point of view. The government. The government point of view and my point of view is, is two diametrically opposing viewpoint. I think that everything is okay. I think you can say whatever and you can do whatever as long as you don't curtail the freedom of others. Okay? So meaning to say brown face, yeah, just do it. But if people criticize and you want to take it down and you want to apologize afterwards, sure, by all means. Pretty please. You want to you want to create a rap video that says fuck all Chinese people? Fucking do it. Just do it. I don't. I don't even care if it's not a satirical piece. Just say whatever. It's fine for me. Everything is okay. Be prepared for the backlash. Be prepared for criticism. But sure, why not? The government's point of view is the opposite. Nothing is okay. <laughs> okay, let me just ask a question around the table. Would you rather live in a place things like brown face is not allowed, but also criticisms like what pity please did is not allowed? Or would you rather live in a place where everything is allowed and anyone can criticize however they want? Oh, option B lah. <laughs> I don't think anyone will choose option A, right? Who will choose option free A? Free for all lah. Yeah, free for all. Um, again, pointing that out, it shows that we don't have a culture of dissenting voices. And I think that is part of it. Um, we don't have a Hong Ling Park on, U- on YouTube. If, if there was a Hong Ling Park within uh, videos maybe those voices can be there. But because we don't have that and we are in a new world where you don't need to be present to have a dissenting voice and it can be out and that can be seen as, can be construed as dangerous. And and this is what Pretty Please video is or at least the K Mutusami video is being portrayed as. Um, I think that like in the... Fear-mongering, man. Sorry. Yes. It's fear-mongering. Sorry, yeah. continue. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And I think like in the grand, grand scheme of things, the backlash against the whole uh, brown face incident, for me, it was a bit worrying because of like, A, how viral the backlash got and how vengeful it was, which is not to say it's not justified. But when that happens, you know, videos like Pretty Please come out, the same sort of uh, vengeance and backlash is going to happen, which is what happened, you know? Like, people call the police, and then there's, like, all sorts of hurt, like, feelings everywhere, which is, you know... Yeah, whatever. Um, And I feel like if we lived in a place where people were a little bit more chill about these sorts of things, then discussions can flourish. Instead of right now where you know, the tensions are high everywhere and everyone is very, like, defensive about things. So when I read the comments online and then when I get into discussions with friends, it's not actually discussing the issue, you know, which is, why is brown face not okay? But now I'm, it, it's more like, oh, this is okay because... Or, like, you know, pretty please video is good because... 
and and we're not actually getting to the root of the matter, which is like representation and stuff like that. We we are not having logical, rational discussions about race, uh, racial representation. That's how like I feel about it. Like I said, it. Uh, because the framework in which the opposing sides are operating under are completely different. Mm-hmm. One of it operates under the Peggy, Peggy McIntosh power and privilege framework, and the other one doesn't. So the the person who doesn't right is not going to see a problem with brown face. And I think that's the majority of the people in Singapore. And yeah. I think, I mean, it, it might be like super reductive to say that everyone needs to take a fucking chill pill. But, but um, Angie, are you telling the minorities to <laughs> shut the fuck up? <gasps> Did I just do that? No, I didn't. Um, but I really do think that these sorts of like overreactions from both sides and probably more on the side of the Chinese people because they are the ones who freaking call the police or pretty please first. Like, Whoever did it, right? You're such a fucker, okay? Like, Shanugam. what the fuck? Hmm? Shanmugam was the one who reported. Really? Yeah, he was the one who said, because of this video, I reported to please. I'm just like, you! It's you always you! you. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh. Take that out, take that out. <laughs> this, this, this whole podcast is gonna get flagged. No, but okay. So the other really interesting thing for me was that it was Shanmugam who came out to speak about this. By the way, uh, the Shamugam thing, right, I think is political ploy. Of course. I think I think he is just the PAP attack Do you dog. feel that he cannot arrow yeah, to say th- this? Almost or did he really feel it? He's the pit bull of the PAP. When the aging incident came out, he went and started knocking down doors and, and starting dragging people out of their houses. And I think this one is is the same fucking thing. They needed they needed a non-Chinese face to be front and center to be the one that go out and start arresting another... Taman would never do that. No. Taman is so yeah. nice. Taman has better things to do. Taman yes. is... Taman has another specific role. La. I don't know what it is, but definitely Shamugam, right? Awesome. Okay? I'm not calling you a dog, Shamugam. So he j- you not, did. But definitely... Okay, you are the... You, are you the, just call a minority a dog. He's definitely the Cerebus that guards the gates of hell. Okay, so... Wow. Poetic. <laughs> Cerebus. So nice. But yeah, I think definitely the government's um, reaction was just very disproportionate to the crime. And I think as you guys probably will have seen Dan's uh, cartoon, Dan's artwork, yep. where he depicted Dennis Chu like goofing around as blackface and only when Pretty Please is called out that Shamugam bursts through the door and tackles Pretty Please. And he's a man catcher to get her on the neck. <laughs> fucking a genius, man. fucking genius. Dan is a clown, but fucking he's a genius. Yeah. yeah. And I think that really, it was really funny because I was on the way to work and I was so angry about this whole stupid thing because I was, I just hated how like two-faced the government was because Havas and Nets and Mediacorp got away so lightly with with nothing much and then pretty please puts up like a parody video and suddenly boom the whole country gets shut the fucking down and then i was gonna text him like you need to do something and then he already posted an like two steps of you, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're like this okay, is why yeah. i love you yeah exactly <laughs> this is why you're very minority yo yeah. <laughs> yeah that was actually my first the first thing that i was most angry about was that she was really attacked for no reason. People sort of say that her video kind of sucked anyway. And I watched it and I can see why, if you really want to look at it from like different angles, yeah, I guess you could see why someone would say, okay, it's very rude to the Chinese people. But there are minority people who say like, oh, so now you know how I feel lah. Yeah. Now you know how I feel lah. Being attacked all the time lah. Being reduced lah. Now I'm being... Re- so pretty please basically reduce the Chinese people to... For mispronouncing the word colleague. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to criticize... 
pretty please uh, Kei Motosami video on one thing yes she should never have included the disclaimer at the end she should have just went balls deep double down and just say fuck all Chinese Chinese people always fucking it up rather than having a disclaimer at the end saying that not all Chinese people lah but I thought that was even part of the irony and the satire because everyone is just like but not all Malays are like that not all Indians are like that not all Chinese are like that I think that was fucking funny but I don't know. I so just... you rather her she just go all the way lah? Yeah, of course. Yes, you want to fuck them up. Fuck them up it's, it's very clearly satire already. No, but you know, like, I've got a lot of friends who are telling me after this thing happened and then they're telling me, like, there are incidents of being positively discriminated. Oh, you're so toot for a toot, you know, whatever. And then, oh, I guess not all whatever race is like that. That's like Whatever. a backhanded compliment. Yeah, exactly. Kind. Like backhanded compliment. For example, you are so pretty for an Indian, Indian person. Something like that. Then that's why I think the whole like, you know, not of course not all Chinese people are racist. So it's almost Everyone's like she's sati- satiring that. I don't know if that was an intention, but that was what I got out from that. Then she should have done a backhanded compliment uh, rather than... <laughs> that's, not, that's not anything to do with the video intent, I think. I think it's just really a disclaimer. So that part really is just a is a is a is a Jerry move, okay? It's a fence sitting move, and she knew that she was gonna get shit for the video, so she tried to like pad it with the disclaimer, but she still got shit for it. Then get shit like you're really gonna get shit. Then just, no, but I just, guess like just the... go balls deep in shit. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'm trying to think of like uh, how I keep thinking about what would happen if the tables were flipped, and if a Chinese person did that, I think the reaction would have been equally as big. Yeah. as well or maybe even bigger so was, MHA yeah. has released a statement saying that they did arrest a Chinese fellow vandalizing the void deck making remarks about some derogatory remarks about Malays and that platform has a lesser audience than Pritip's Facebook post and they still arrested the guy like I said like, I think the government's stand is none of it is okay none of it like no fucking no fucking way anyone is getting away with the, this okay so I read this uh comment someone left on Facebook or something and I thought it was really interesting because he was talking about like of all our ministers and especially the minority ministers except Shamugam, I don't think anyone has stepped up to voice their opinions about this at all and they said that you know if I am vo- if I'm voting for you as my uh, as my MP to represent me in parliament uh, just based on your race because you know that's what the GRC is for to make sure that we have equal representation then why are these people not doing their jobs and voicing out on matters that ha- like actually or on things that actually matter like this because it's a political landmine no one's willing to to do it except Cerebus so <laughs> is that what we're gonna call Shamuga from now on uh, um, no that's not Shamuga who else uh, Amrin Azim Amrin Amin yes yeah. and uh, the other guy the the pediatrician. <laughs> What's his name? Ah! Janil Putuseri. There you go, Janil Putuseri. Yeah, so they also, I think they were also the minorities, the convenient minorities that, set, that stepped up to voice. I mean, I think the only voice that I kind of like was, I thought was fair, was like Janil Putuseri because he's like, look, both suck, both are wrong, both are distasteful, full stop, which I'm like, yala, but do you really need to take it down? That's a Jerry move. It's true, it is. <laughs> oh, I get it now. J, Jerry. Is it that Jerry? Our, our Jerry? Jerry la. Yeah, yeah, la, yeah, our yeah. Jerry. Yeah. La. Oh yeah. my god. 
I thought like, what is this new term, Jerry move? Jerry move. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a WWE <laughs> wrestling move. No, it's our Jerry band. dinosaur who cannot see, like make decisions and always see oh, on yeah. the fans kind of move. Yeah, yeah. that's very both, Jerry. Both sides are bad and both sides are good. I can see their point of view and I can see the other side's point of view. <laughs> I think they are equally, you know, represented. So, hmm. I think that's a Greek god or Greek or Roman god called Janus. You can see like both sides. So really? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah the two Jerry face. the Janus, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, oh my god. is it all the J's? <laughs> is it a J thing? Maybe. Um, yeah. I think if, honestly, the way I see this is that, like I said, just now it's a negotiation, but the, the truth of the matter is we don't, we don't get each other, right? Um, comments about saying, you know, so even the backlash were clearly showing devoid of em- empathy. I think that's the issue here. So people still saying that, oh, they should strip their uh, citizenship, send them back to India, for example. Yeah, there are comments what? and strip send who? them the pretty, pretty and... No, but she's Singaporean. Exactly. Send them back to India. She's from Singapore. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, no. Yeah. So you see that? So, Seriously? So, so racism still exists in Singapore, full stop. And that is the reality now. So all this is to just make it clear that that reality happens. If we are able to be a bit more honest with ourselves and say, hey, this is existing. People don't really understand each other and then move away with that and then like try to figure out how we can make communities understand each other, even individuals within communities. Question, yeah. question to you, Saiful, because you've always been facilitating and taking part in like all these interfaith conversations and stuff. Um, like I mentioned earlier, like I don't think right now we are having the conversation that we should be having so that you know we understand each other. Right now, it's the woke people against the non-woke people, right? Uh, and then, like, the non-woke people being like, oh, what's the big deal? And then the woke people are like, I can't believe you don't know what's the big deal, right? Um, but there's no, like, sort of, I guess, education uh, or effort to understand. So, how do you think we could do that, actually? Or move past um, just the controversy? Okay, so, if, if one thing is that been, I've been doing this, and that's why I mentioned just now the, the, the activity I did in school. So that is, first is to be to acknowledge our own biases, right? That we do have stereotypes, we do have, and, and sometimes we need that for to, to laugh at ourselves, right? Um, and until we are clear that we do have our limiting understanding of others, then we, we don't get anywhere. So that, that introspection must happen first. But how do we people do that? I'm not sure. Um, if you want to do it within like setups and all that, there are many spaces. Um, I think even now schools are going beyond just saying that oh Chinese are like this, Indians are like this, and all that. So like I know awesome teachers who are allowing things like human libraries for people to come down to understand multiplicity of views and all that. I mean I run, I do this. I mean I train interfaith ambassadors to realize you know the intersectionalities of issues. Um, I guess we need to an overhaul. We, honestly, I've said this to even Daniel uh, Puducherry. We don't have a good diversity education. As long as we have others in the way we, are, we identify ethnic groups, as long as we limit people to subcategories, we are not having the best diversity education, right? Um, again, the simple thing is to stop and listen. So if there is, if it's hysterical, it's usually historical. Someone blew up. Like, okay, hold on. You blew up. Um, this is also good relationship advice, by the way. So if it's hysterical, <laughs> it's historical. So hold back. Instead of reacting, oh, there must be something which triggered this person. Mm-hmm. And, and then stop and listen. That doesn't seem like good advice. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for you to I, say that. I don't know if stop and listen 
what if I what if I listen and I still don't disagree? Yeah, and, and it's okay to disagree, but you don't impose what you feel about the situation to the other person. But then now you're imposing upon me. No, as in like like I said, if it's hysterical, if there's a hysterical response, both on both sides, then some sometimes it's important to stop and listen. Yeah. But like no one person is the voice of the community or Ex- yeah. So I, I then if I if I were to just listen to like a segment like I said, if I were to just listen to one segment of any particular community, then I'll just get a very specific result. Lah. Right now, if you shine a torchlight at a place, then you're gonna find the thing where the torchlight is shone on. Yes. I don't know if that is the way to get around all these things. I cannot see a way that we can somehow get past all of this or even improve in the future just by stopping and listening. The the debate has to go both ways. You have to we ha- both have to listen to everyone and we have we have to be clear about what is it exactly we are disagreeing with or criticizing with and the other side has to respond and say that no this is not the case. What you're what you're doing is you're either creating a new framework which nobody can agree upon or you're just expanding definitions so on and so forth. I think Saifudi, you and I have often disagreed just fundamentally on <laughs> yeah. on this one thing. La. But okay, at least you and I can can talk to each other. But I don't see it with other people because you and because we like I understand where you're coming from and you understand where I'm coming from. But to the average Joe on on the internet on Facebook or whatever, right? They're not gonna see it that way. They're not gonna understand that hey, this person has a different framework. They're just gonna see like, well, what's what's your fucking problem? To me, this is nothing. One. Then the other person is just like, yeah, to you is nothing because you are privileged. You are the powerful. And then nobody nobody knows what 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 the fuck each other are talking about. You see, and I don't think. I don't think education is the key either because educate what? Like what what are we what are we saying? Like if I'm gonna use the Peggy McIntosh framework to go and educate people, then like I said, the people who disagree with that framework are not gonna absorb what you say. This is not a conversation that, that can be half while one side has a framework and the other side doesn't. I think one one thing that like kind of struck me recently was the fact that because of this whole thing and I talked to some of my friends who are Chinese, I really just realized again how insular our cliques are. The fact that some of my friends have like never had any friends who are non-Chinese, for example. They might have never visited any homes that were not Chinese. Uh, or, you know, I had a friend who recently he ate, um, what was it? Uh, he, he had nun and um, dal for the first time in 27 years, only because I was like, hey, let's go eat Indian food. And he was like, oh, are we going to eat roti prata? That's the only thing I've had before. I was like, so you've never had dal? You've never had like, you know, all these things? Like palak paneer? And he's like, what's that? And I'm like, boom. Oh man, you're succumbing to the four Fs. No, but... <laughs> Come on, like I, you know, like for a society that's supposedly multi-ethnic, multiracial, and living in harmony, it is remarkable how little we know about, or maybe how little the Chinese people know about a lot of Chinese people. Not, not all, of course. Oh my god, I'm oh. doing a change. <laughs> <laughs> to to be fair, yeah. My first uncle Kue was at twenty seven, so. I, I mean, okay, judge I, I me. <laughs> no, I haven't had chasu my whole life, so. <laughs> Not even chicken chashu. Um, I'm vegetarian. Oh but yeah, oh my vegetarian. <laughs> In group preferences, right, are gonna happen no matter what lah. I think no matter where you go, you're just gonna be naturally drawn to people that you identify visually with. 
So the Chinese will stick to the Chinese and the Indians will stick to the Indians, so and so forth. It takes a very rare individual for you to say that, yeah, I'm okay with, you know, crossing boundaries and trying to learn new things because new things scares the fuck out of us. Like, no, like, because we actually have a racial harmony day, you know, but all my recollections of all the, rec- like, racial harmony days I've had in school were just basically dressing up in whatever, racial going harmony to day, school and then getting sweets and then going back home, Racial you harmony know? day has nothing to do with racial harmony. It's just to establish order in Singapore. That's the, that's the government's one and only goal. They just want order. They don't want chaos. They don't want chaos like in fucking Hong Kong right now. That's all they, That's all it is established to do. It has nothing to do with understanding the other races of culture. Okay? Correct. So, any government top-down initiative, right, uh, automatically you can just default it to that position. So, for everything else, right, it really just boils down to social interaction and how willing you are as an individual to reach out to the other side and say that, hey, this is something that I want, I, I wish to engage with. Because for most people, uh, by the way, uh, I mean, if you're one of those like self-high-fiving leftist person uh, who just think that, well, as long as I visit the house of one Malay person, that makes me culturally enriched, uh, then you are just as bad as the other person yeah, who yeah. doesn't do anything. You are, the, you are the fucking problem. Okay, you are the fucking problem. Don't, don't kid yourself. Don't, 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 Virtual masturbate and and splurge your fucking goo on the rest of us with your with how fucking sanctimonious you are. Okay, you are the problem. Sure, I do still feel that you know making an active effort to educate yourself and learn about these things uh, makes a lot of, a lot of sense in Singapore. You know because a lot of times I go overseas. Oh, actually, recently I went to Mongolia and my guy was asking me about Singapore because she's had a lot of Singaporeans coming to. Uh, visit Mongolia and she was asking me about who are Singaporeans because she visited once and she was very confused she said is it Chinese Singaporeans there are Singaporeans because I also see Malays and Indians and then like others whatever like are they all Singaporeans (laughs) in my head I was like how do I explain this like we are all immigrants you know like our backgrounds probably most of us were from either China or India or Malaysia or you know Indonesia wherever but then because we've been in Singapore for so long, we've become Singaporeans, you know, and, and everybody is a Singaporean. And she had this like really confused look on her face. She's like, oh, so it's not the, like, it, it's not the majority that decides. Mm-hmm. Because in, in, in Mongolia, it's, they've been, you know, Mongolian since whenever, you know, Genghis Khan and, and before that. So it was just a really interesting conversation to have and and thinking about like national identity and what what it means to be a Singaporean. And it's like days away from National Day. Yeah. (laughs) I'm happy it's days away from National Day because I'm just sick of all these like crappy propaganda music and songs that's just glossing over like actual issues. And I'm just happy something is like tanking it all down now. (laughs) It's like rubbish all this glossy shit. Fuck it! Yeah, fuck that shit. Except There's no racial harmony in Singapore. Except Ramli Sarip's national anthem. Oh, that was amazing. Bro, I was like, I'm not Singaporean. I should not say that. But I was like crying. I was like, bro, Ramli, bro. <laughs> you my man. Okay, anyway, that's it. Yeah, continue, continue. Alright, before we have our magical moment, do you guys want to go one round around the table? Just, just final thoughts before the magical moments. Maybe we can start with um, Saifu. Thank you so much for having me over. Um, I don't sound angry, but deep, deep, deep down inside, I am very, very angry um, about the whole thing because 
within my circles of quote unquote woke people there are still people who say no lah there's no problem here and I'm like wait what you are the community bridges and community builders and you don't see a problem i.e. you need to kind of get off your hole get off your hole and and the fact that it's now coming to the forefront I really really hope that we don't demonize people in this process right and that's the only thing I do feel that there are sentiments not shared I do feel that there's disagreements but we don't demonize others just because you don't see the way I do but the fact that a it's okay to have different views on things and we can still remain cohesive society quote unquote uh, <laughs> pre- uh, president halima <laughs> yeah thanks for having me over i love you john <laughs> no homo <laughs> illegal no well basically i think everybody needs to take a fucking chill pill don't anyhow report people just for a fucking you know rap video that's just fucking stupid I'm not talking about you shamugam but you know what i'm actually glad that this whole thing happened and and people are actually having <laughs> arguments on facebook about it uh but i hope the arguments go beyond just trying to prove yourself right or you know being defensive about why things things are okay people actually start thinking about why certain things happen and how they can stop things from happening or just don't be a jackass lah basically i think you know being with uh dan for 10 years being with and he comes from a very chinese privileged background of obviously he doesn't feel it but through our long relationship together he has very slowly been able to see for himself how maybe he is privileged in very 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 small ways that have given him an advantage over the years um and that's just one of the things that he's learned for a long time and he's been with me but for a lot of other chinese they may not have they they may not and may never will have that sort of perspective that a minority is marginalized even on small small levels and that we face things on a daily basis and sometimes it comes out in ways like an epay ad and then sometimes you get angry and then you have a vul- vulgarity laden video by an influencer the point is that i don't blame the chinese if you don't have or i don't blame any majority in any country or whatever if you if you don't know what the minorities go through it's not your responsibility to know what to 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 feel what they feel but i think at least just as a basic human just respect that when we say it's not cool you kind of just respect that whether you get it or not just respect that you don't get it and if you want to you can try to understand but if you don't want to try to understand just at least say okay lo sorry okay, there's no lost no no skin off my back if they don't do it yeah so just like be respectful lah i mean like just be cool lah at the end of the day and don't anyhow like just i mean on both sides on both the pretty please video and the epay ad everything also report to police like I think they got better things to do lah seriously yeah. than to entertain your like butt hurt feelings. Well, masturbate lah, you know, makes you happier, you know. Whatever. Yeah, man. Okay. John. As the privileged Chinese male who I looks sh- like a white dude, I shall abdicate my talking time and go straight into John's magical, magical moments. <laughs> <laughs> so, here's the magical moment for all of you guys, okay? You are now elevated to godhood. You are zap pew. You are you are now able to manifest a uh, reality in the way that you see fit, in the way that you will it to be. But you can only do one. You can only solve one problem: the racism problem in Singapore or the brown face problem in Singapore, whichever you choose, lah. Okay. 
You can only do a series of events to fix this issue. After that, you go back to being human. What are you going to do? I was actually thinking about this the entire time throughout the conversation. I was really thinking like, mm, if I were God, I would do this. Like, I think everybody should be fucking mixed race. There is no one race. Everybody is a mix of like 500,000 different things and there's no connecting like features or whatsoever. Everyone is just beige color. Not even beige. Like everyone is just, I don't know. I want to be blue. Everything. Yeah, we have someone's <laughs> going to be blue, someone's going to be green, someone's nice. going to be... And, and no two people are the same or have like similar features or whatever it is. As if, I mean, I mean I'm God, right? I can do anything, right? Ah, there you go, bitch. Everyone's fucking mixed. That's it. No one's a fucking race. That's it. That's awesome. Now instead of two groups bickering, you have 3,000 groups. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's just brown group. Ha! Huh? <laughs> Divide and conquer. That's what I'm doing. Um, okay. And then, uh, yeah, Saifu? Nah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be... I, I would actually would rather keep everyone as they are, but I would want to give everyone the ability to empathize. So when someone says something, you'll be like, ah, I get you. So everyone would get each other. If if I can just instill that, and I, I mean, when I, if if I'm God, um, I I can do that, and yeah, if sensible as that, yeah, you can understand your friends, your cat, um, your mother-in-law, you know, yeah, always a struggle, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are much better God. You would be a much better God than me for sure. Yeah. I like your solution though. It's very like you know. Totalitarian in a way. <laughs> Agreed. John. No, Angie. Angie. I would take away um, Shamugam's power of speech and make sure that nobody can report anything, like, any like non-crime offences to the police. Still like things like but her feelings, you know. And then everyone just have to figure it out for this now. So, but I mean, you know, you have your conversations. You have all these like arguments on the internet but no like Shamugam can't come out and, and say that I go and call the police and no one no random asshole can go and call the police over these sorts of things and that's what I'll do as God I just want to see things play, play out basically and people should solve their own shit alright check it guys I have the best solution ever alright just listen to this it's fucking Lydia amazing. is rolling her eyes so hard okay. <laughs> I will make PMVs a sentient race what? PMVs Personal mobility uh, vehicles, they will become sentient. Okay? And everybody will hate them. Everybody will be PNB cis. Okay? They will be the Lepa One Corner, drunk rioters, gambling addict, uh, whatever, antagonist that will have all the negative representations in media. And everybody will fucking hate them. They will hate the PNB sentient race so much. They have no time to hate each other. So the PMVs, they will just sit in the corner. They, they can only sit there. They can't do anything. They can't move on their own. They're, but they are completely well, well aware of all the insults that's hurled at them. And they'll just sit in their little little squares and cry all day. And everyone would hate them. And then we will all have world peace after that. Best solution ever. And with that, guys, this is the end of the Long Kang Kiris. Thank you, Saifu. Thank you, Lydia, for joining us when fucking Jerry and fucking Dan couldn't make it. That's it. Um. <laughs> what? Okay. Bye. Nice, nice being here. Bye. 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 Bye.